It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Nebraska Public Media Sports brings you live coverage of the girls and boys NSAA High School Soccer Championships from Morrison Stadium at Creighton University. Tuesday, May 14th, see Class B boys at 5.30 p.m. Central and Class A boys at 8 p.m. Central on Nebraska Public Media. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. You're listening to Hurt at Sports Radio. Free Hill got a block. Here come the Huskers. Newsom. Six. I love Quentin Newsom. Hold was good. Kick is up. Long enough. And good enough. From 55, a career long for Tristan Albano. Really excited to see it go through, so it was amazing. And the ball's intercepted, picked off by Tommy Hill. As an INT, he's on the 15 to the 20, breaks a tackle, skirts to the outside, 25, makes another man miss, slides his way to the 28-yard line. Tommy Hill's second pick in as many weeks. This is Sparta! Give to Johnson. Johnson up ahead. Touchdown, Nebraska. Ready your breakfast and eat hot. Fourth and 12, hard. Picked up again. Tommy Hill, his second pick of the ball game. We will stand and fight. Get to the end zone. It'll be a safety. A new age has begun. Wide open, it's Jalen Lloyd. The throw, he makes a catch. 30, 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Nebraska. Spartans. Tonight, we dine in hell! Touchdown, Nebraska! The ball picked up by the Huskers. Scooting down the sidelines, Quentin Newsom to the 30, 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown! You fight if it means you die. You fight, fight, fight. Take for what you want. And I'm just waiting for something good to happen. Who's the guy that's supposed to make a difference? I'm surrounded by it. And you guys freaking do it. We on the same page? Fight, fight, fight! We're in for one wild night. And if we die, we die. I do like the addition of Spartans. I know. There's like a lot of, I didn't realize it at the time, so good on Shane for picking it up. There, there are, There's a lot of 300 vibes in some of those speeches. Or mm-hmm. I'm just like, yeah, okay, I could do this. However, we are playing Michigan State. And are we promoting the fact oh, that shoot. they are Spartans? Well, maybe, but I think we are. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, the Persians did win that war. So, 
I don't think anybody was cheering for them, Robbie. I understand that. And maybe nobody's cheering for Nebraska, but if we're doing a corollary here, you know. And you know, you know what? Nebraska does have bodies on top of bodies on top of bodies that it's, just keep coming in and replacing guys. It's true. So that doesn't shock me that you compared them to the Persians. I mean, listen, you know, they. We have everybody. You have three people. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the. Uh, you know, the, the 90s Huskers were probably a version of an empire, right? So we're just, we're getting this thing rolling Yeah, and again. you know what? It may take five weeks in order to defeat the teams <laughs> that you want to defeat. But guess what? That's exactly what Nebraska's doing right now. And they could be in position for six. A six on the win column side of your record, but we Robbie. Don't, we don't just want one more. Matt, Matt Rule told us we don't just want one more. Well, it's one day at a time. Yeah. Right, right, so, day by day. So 1-0. Oh. We'll go 1-0 yeah. oh this week. And then we'll go 3-0 and the, and oh down the stretch. I mean, <laughs> listen, I think they do lose one down the stretch. I don't know who. Stop it. No, no I'm just being – but I think 8-4 and four is like – I think that's where I'm at now. Which Even if they go 8-4, and four, there's still a chance that oh, they play in Indy. Absolutely, yeah. They don't have to win out to go to Indy. That's, but if they do win out, they almost certainly will play in Indy because, let's be honest, Minnesota's going to lose to Ohio State. Mm-hmm. That is an inevitability. Um, so, I mean, listen, this is, if you had told me at the start of the season that I'd be sitting here, they're at five and three and they lost to both Minnesota and Colorado. I'd be like, yeah, that's not happening. That's not on the table. Yeah. If you, uh, if you made a poll, that would probably have the lowest percentage of votes. Yeah, absolutely. Because I thought, first of all, I thought they needed to win both of those to make a bowl game. To make a bowl game. Not talk about win the West. Not talk about get to six wins. Or not talk about get to eight wins. I'm talking about get to six wins win a bowl, to make a bowl game. I thought they needed both of those. Yeah, you know, also I think we gave Illinois too much credit coming into Probably, the year. Probably because they were last season. better last year, right? Um, probably didn't give Colorado enough credit, even though they're not what the college football world wanted them to be early in the season. They're dramatically more functional than I thought they'd be at any point this year. Um, so good on them there for that. Um you know, and Minnesota, the Minnesota game was exactly what I thought it was going to be, just it went the wrong way. Right. Right? Like, that's exactly how you expect every Nebraska-Minnesota game to play out. And it went the wrong way for Nebraska. And that's, you know, it happens. But but you know what? Right now, things are going right for Nebraska. No, things are going great. And they're They've, playing great football down the back half of the season, which is when you're supposed to be playing your best football. Yeah, they've won five out of six. They are on the doorstep of, a, of bowl eligibility for the first time since 2016. They're on the doorstep of, of being – I mean, they control their own destiny for – basically control their own destiny to play in the Big Ten Championship game. How weird is that to say? Super Nebraska weird. Nebraska controls it's November. their own destiny. It's November, and Nebraska's playing football that matters. I'm not really fully prepared for this. Last time this happened, I was not doing this job. Like, I was in, really in – Were any, you in radio? Mostly just Creighton stuff at the time. Like, I really had – in 2016 – I really hadn't started getting many opportunities to do stuff outside of Funny you of say that. Yet. Shane, where were you in 2016? Like, what is your biggest, like, 2016 memory? I was probably producing a radio show in well, 2016. Well, that's, yes, <laughs> that's pretty obvious. Uh, yeah. But, like, what's your, like, top memory from 2016? Yeah, I don't know. I can't even remember what I did yesterday, to be honest with you. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, I can. You, I, you, yeah, you were texting us the whole time. The whole you were at the car dealership. <laughs> in yeah. 2016, Robbie. I was a freshman in college. I was going to say, were you even in college yet? Yeah, but so you were, you were just in college. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I was living in Ashland with my ex-wife, and I hadn't, yeah, I was only doing Creighton stuff at the time for radio, and yeah, I was still like a f- another year away from getting divorced. 
And oh, so good memories for you. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Um, <laughs> it just got dark. <laughs> I mean, I talk about my divorce all the time. It's not a big deal. You do? Yeah, you know. Um, I'm trying to think what else I was doing in 26. I was working at, I was working downtown in downtown Omaha two companies ago now for my day job at least. Yeah, it's been, a, it's been a minute. You know, now that I think about it, I think 2016 would be sophomore year because you would have to wrap it. It would be the I – I graduated high school in 15, which means 15, 16. Yeah, so 16 would have been spring your freshman right. year. So it would have been fall of your sophomore Fall of my sophomore yeah. year. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I was living in a dorm. <laughs> I was calling college basketball games for Lindenwood, which, by the way – They're going to be right by down – the way. Right down – On Monday. Woods. Are you going down? We're at PBA. If somebody would like to hook me up with tickets that they don't want to go watch an exhibition game between Nebraska and Lindenwood. Come on, you can't get credentialed for that? Come on, man. Hit me up. No, I probably could. I just probably I just got to reach out to uh, who's Keith? Is, he, is it Keith? Well, no, Keith is the is he everybody? Um, or is he just football? I thought he was football, men's basketball, but I might be wrong. No, Seamus. It's Seamus. Seamus. Seamus okay. does men's basketball. Yeah, I could probably reach out to him. Yeah, I'm sure he's the pass. Yeah. Uh, because I'm going to that game. Oh, for sure. You have to. <laughs> we were texting with Sauter this morning, who will be on the show with us at 9, as he always is on Friday. He uh, sent me, well, sent us, rather, uh, the homepage for Lindenwood men's basketball. <laughs> and, and he goes, yeah, Lindenwood, not good. Not great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, as he's drinking his, uh, what, what is the line in Elf? It, it tastes like a... Um, Tastes like Christmas in a cup? Is no, that, no, is no that? Christmas in a cup is, is the proposal. Oh, that's um, right. It, Underrated movie, by the way. It, well, when I they go to uh, World's Best Cup of Coffee, and she's like, it tastes like a... Uh, it tastes like a crappy cup crappy of coffee. Crappy cup of coffee. Okay. He's like, no, it's the world's best cup <laughs> right, of coffee. Exactly. <laughs> so he's drinking his crappy cup of coffee at the, at the hospital, and then he calls Lindenwood. The same thing? No way, Mike. Keenan Cole averaged 12 points a game last year as a freshman. Nailed it. Projected to be... An all OVC team member in some capacity, probably yep. first team. He's dropping forty. Uh, that seems unlikely. He's he is Casey Tomanaga of the OVC. <laughs> has Casey Tomanaga ever dropped forty? I don't know. I don't think he has. <laughs> but all I do know is Lindenwood will probably not show up the way that I hope they would in that game. Um, I mean, listen, but it's okay. Those are I've been on the Lindenwood side of those games. It's, it's really tricky. And now tell me this, though, Robbie. Yeah. How many teams that shouldn't have won their opener against D1 college basketball teams actually won their opener? Yeah, I mean, there's been several D2 teams with exhibitions this year, and there always and is. Lindenwood's D1. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, but, I mean, there's been bigger gaps, mm-hmm. right? And although there are some, just being totally honest, from recruiting and stuff, there's there's some D1s on the East Coast, especially some of those really small D1s that are worse than the D2s around here. Like Wayne State's better than – I think uh, Longwood came out here a few years ago to play Creighton. And, like, Wayne State's better than Longwood. Uh, Wayne State's uh, – probably not – I don't know if they're better than Florida A&M. I haven't looked at Florida A&M yet this year. Um, I will this weekend because I'm on the call on, on Tuesday. But the there's there's some of the small D1 teams that – I think there's some NAIs around here that are as good as, because the NAIs around here are incredible. 
it's because you you pick up a local talent that wants to stay close to yeah, home. and that gets overlooked, or you know they get a walk on offer at a D one somewhere, right. or you know the, a lot of the times, and if you're not in this world, you have no reason to know this, but a lot of times D twos will offer like a thirty percent or forty percent scholarship, and that happens a lot of NAIs too, but. A guy that's getting 30 or 40% at a D2 is probably getting 60, 70, 80% at an NAIA. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden you go, okay, I could play at a higher level or I could have most of my school paid for. Right. And if you've got Pell Grant or anything else like that, like you can almost go for full tuition at some of these NAIA schools. And so like I, that's why I got, like, schools like Morningside will pretty mm -hmm. frequently poach Division II quality guys from like Connor Milliken. Connor like Milliken's a great, great example. Great example from, from um, Latview last year. There's I mean, been he's going to Dort. There's been several guys in the in the area that when I was recruiting the area, I'd be like, ah, oh, that's a D2 guy. I can't touch him. And they end up going to Morningside or somewhere like that. And I still couldn't touch him because I'm not winning a recruiting battle against Morningside. But at the time, it was like, man, that's so frustrating because we still have to go play. We still have to go play Morningside. Right. It's like I understood losing recruiting battles to, for kids that I knew were NAI kids. But for them to pull down D2 kids frequently was, was challenging. Well, it's harder, too, uh, to compete with the playing, time, the playing time element that NAIA offers versus D1 right away. Sure, um, yeah. It, if you're like a fringe D1 guy. And basketball's yeah. that sport to where you can't just find another position on the court that you're good at. Um, or like another position on the field, I guess I should say, that you're good at. If you take baseball or you take football, mm -hmm. I mean, we've seen it with this Nebraska football team. We've seen guys go from offense to defense, lickety split, yeah. and get playing time because they're just looking for playing time and there's, there's just more spots to fill, so it's easier to find it. Now, there's also greater in number, right. but there's still, you know, easier easier spots on the field to, to jump into well there's because no you can get your playing time whether it's in special teams form or or like I said offensively or defensively but there's five spots on a basketball court and you're probably not playing the center position if you aren't <laughs> over a certain height sure yeah <laughs> which I would put what like six five depends on in NAIA six four yeah six four six four right? six five in NAIA. so if you are of Connor Milliken's size, and I don't even want to guess, but I know he was a guard at Platteview. Six two, maybe. Um, I want to say he's probably he's probably got three spots on the floor that he can legitimately play. Yeah. And now you're taking things off the table if you're going to a Nebraska, right, where you're you're plucking guys from all over the country. Meanwhile, NAIA is so localized when they're finding guys like yes they can get you know uh, some somebody you know in the portal or or you know somebody that is um you know in a bordering state but I'll tell you this Ravi I didn't even know anything about NAIA schools mm -hmm. when I was getting recruited mm -hmm. because it seemed as though NAIA never branched out further than their borders yeah which is super unusual and I mean it's not unusual but it's very specific to the school right because especially for us we weren't a very well established when I was at Grayson and Nebraska Christian College. We weren't nearly as well established as the NAIs in our area. So we tried super hard to get local kids, but we knew that the kids around here that knew of the Morningsides and the Dones and the places like that and the Concordias, mm -hmm. um, that we were probably losing those recruiting battles. So we tried as hard as we could to get some local kids, but we branched out a ton. So our roster was from all over the place because we had to, right? Because the 
kids around here, it was going to be really hard to get them to come to us instead of a Morningside or instead of a Doan or one of those places. And so we had kids from like Vegas, California, Florida, like we literally went nationwide. And what our strategy was, and a lot of it's, it, it's weird because it's, it's regional, right? There's certain parts of the country that have a ton of NAI schools, like Nebraska, Nebraska, Iowa, South Dakota. There's a ton of NAI schools right 100%. around here. Colorado, I don't think has a single one. I don't think Missouri has one. They have like one D2 in Colorado because I think Adam State just – maybe Adam State just moved from D2 to NAI. I'm not sure. There's been recent movement there, but there's not a ton of D2s. There's no or one NAI now. There was no NAIs when, I, when we were recruiting out there. Our best players came from Colorado, because, which I get as a border state, but because – plenty in Missouri. Jeez, there's a ton. Yeah, we've, we've, we played a bunch in Missouri. Um and Kansas, like, but this region is is super NAI heavy. But we would go to Colorado, and we had a kid that ended up getting kind of recruited, and he still plays professional basketball. But he ended up getting recruited and to transfer to bigger schools, and he didn't. But he scored forty on Oral Roberts when we played him, mm-hmm. like, and he he dropped seventy two on Doan when we played him. Like, this dude was just a walking bucket, and we only got him because he was in Colorado, and nobody had. There's no NAIs or D2s out there to recruit him. And so it, it really is super region-specific in how these teams operate. Yeah, and, and you know, that I guess the point outside of – because I didn't even know, like I said, Missouri had NAIA schools. Um, I only found out really what the NAIA was after sure, yeah. um, going to um, Iowa and covering those schools. Now, Lindenwood was NAIA at one point before sure. they went to D2. Yeah. Um, but – these schools on this list, I, I'm thinking like, okay, baseball. Like, who's a good baseball school? And I maybe see two. Mm-hmm. Two in, in Missouri, that's a good baseball school. Uh, but you can go. Then you've got up here, though, you've got Bellevue, who's like a baseball powerhouse. Right. Like, they are perennially really good mm-hmm. at baseball. Um, and then I think about yeah. football, and I'm like, like you you got to come to Iowa if you're going to be playing for the best football conference around. Because um, you get the team out of Des Moines, Marion, right? Yeah. In Des Moines, yeah. Uh, you get Morningside. You get Dort. Like, well, obviously that the GPAC conference. Yeah, Dort is, Northwestern is like the SEC of Basically. the NAIA uh, in every sport. Honestly, like they're incredible. Yeah, uh, yeah across they're the, the board, they're the best athletic conference in the country. But I had no idea what that was until I moved up that way, which you know is okay, right? Because yeah. It, it works for it works for the NAIA, but it it. It sucks to know that later on in life. Yeah. Hmm. Like, what if I just, like, reached out to one of those schools? Because that's really what it is, especially with baseball nowadays. It's Mm -hmm. you send emails to coaches Mm -hmm. of you hitting balls in the cage, taking ground balls, taking fly balls, working on footwork, you know, agility drills, things like that. You send clips of that to coaches. Yeah. Because not all coaches like that are looking on the so-called recruiting sites. Yeah. To, to just well, and dig it's up. harder to find because the recruiting sites aren't as um, aren't as accurate, and a lot of mm-hmm. them are like pay sites. Like you have to right. pay to be on the site at that level, right? And so it's a lot harder to find guys. So you ha- honestly, it's a very like old school recruiting mentality where you have to have contacts in like different parts of the country that you trust and mm-hmm. can give you talent. But honestly, probably a third of our roster every year, at least maybe a third to a half was kids that reached out to us. Yeah. And, and you and kind like of, set you, kind us of tape. you kind of have an appreciation for that too, because they have a want to be yeah, there's, there. There's a, there's a obvious desire to try and perform at the next level. And 
you're making it easy on the coaches to find all your stuff. No. Because there's a lot of times where you like may see a video mm-hmm. of somebody, but that's all you see. You don't have in front of you because coaches are busy people. Yeah. Like they're, they're doing everything from recruiting to scheduling to planning trips, things like that. And practice, practice mm-hmm. with the team like almost every day, even during the offseason. You have these coaches that – are looking for things at easiest convenience. Mm-hmm. And if you're providing everything for them, they can say right then and there, yeah, this is a good person for us, or no, it's not. And then, boom, you know, hey, this school likes you or they don't. Yeah, Versus I mean, you send them one thing and they're like, oh, I'm interested, and then you never hear back. By the end of my coaching career, and I still do it kind of as a consultant uh, basis uh, for some of the guys that I know, but my entire job was basically just filtering through like scouting potential recruits, whether it was um, like any guy that reached out to us, it was my job to look into them, look at their tape and let the head coach know whether or not this was somebody worth pursuing. It was my job to basically scout the Metro and scout anybody in the area to try and figure out, hey, like which guys, not only which guys can play at this level, but which guys want to play at this level. Because that's the other thing. There's a There's kids in high school that, just decide not to play anymore that probably could play at the NAI D3 level and be useful guys, right? But sometimes they're like, oh, I want to go to a big school. I just kind of want to be a student now. And, and I totally get that. But um, so it's, it's a super challenging and, and really kind of old school recruiting method. But I do wish more kids understood not only like when they were in high school, not only that the NAI and D3 and all these places exist, but also the quality of of sports that are there because you know like midland's a great example out here in fremont like midland commits so much time effort resources to sports you know they've kind of decided to define their school by their athletic department and with all those different sports they offer and they've done that in a kind of in an effort to make their name known in a way that it wouldn't otherwise just be like oh isn't that that school in fremont like i don't really know Mm -hmm. but i just wish more kids knew about naia sports in general because or just lower level programs yeah. even juco nai juco um d3 even d2 to a certain extent like there's such a high level of play at those places now i was talking with a bunch of people on twitter about this yesterday the gap especially we were talking basketball but especially after you get past the blue bloods and the teams that are you know final four contenders or like especially if you get past the like hey these are teams that are going to go to the NCAA tournament. Once you get past those teams, the gap between a really good NAI program and a lower-level Division One men's basketball program if is any. way smaller than you think. It's probably depth and a little bit of size because mm-hmm. you're not usually going to get the 6'9", 6'10", 7-footers at NAIA. But if you play a style that you don't need them, that's when you see these teams either play close or beat some of the Division One teams. The gap is way smaller than people realize, especially now with the COVID year that's kind of messed up recruiting classes a little bit. A lot of the better guys end up filtering down to smaller programs. And so you're in a place where these D2s the are of the beast. Yeah, these D2s and NAIs are stacked with guys that probably could have played low division, like mm-hmm. low major division one basketball. Right. And I know like everybody's dream is to go play for their, their school, Absolutely. Right? their state school. Like, especially I found that out quickly once I moved to Nebraska, mm-hmm. how passionate people are about Nebraska and wanting to be in Nebraska at some point. But, you know, also there's that, you know, 
with that wake-up call of, yeah. hey, you may not be good enough to play at Nebraska 1, or it may not be worth your time say, to wait yeah. to try to find your chance at playing at Nebraska, unless you're like a, a super talented football or basketball player. Now, I had a quick story for you, because yeah. you mentioned like old-school recruiting, and I've asked my dad this before, because he swam at Eastern Illinois. He mm-hmm. was a, a four-year D1 swimmer there, and grew up in the state of Illinois, and I'm like, how do you, how do you like get found in, let's see, he was born in, he's going to hate that I said this, born in 63, <laughs> uh, which would make him in college in, what, the 80s? Yeah, the early 80s, early, early to mid 80s. Like, yeah. yeah, and so I go, how do you, like, get found at that point in time? Because internet wasn't a Especially thing. in swimming, right? where it's not, like, as prominent of a sport. But he, he actually, like, laid it out, and it's pretty simple. He's like, all my times were in the paper. Yeah. And you can't fake swim time yeah that's true <laughs> it's, it's just kind of like it's probably, running on a yeah, track it's probably right? easier to recruit right. like track and swim because than it you is. know if robbie swims a a 50 meter freestyle in 15 seconds yeah in a good time you're like oh that's gonna translate yeah you're like well <laughs> that's not you're not lying about that right and if you are lying about that i'll see that when you show up and i have my stopwatch out <laughs> coming up next we'll set up the show and let you know what's coming here on a football friday on herd sports radio